Hello there and welcome to Ribbon Tide Dreams, a queer as fuck podcast with me, Miss Gina. <laughs> On this episode, I'm talking with Keegan, who is the creator of Auckland Drag on Instagram. We discuss many things like coming out, being queer in high school, boys who wear makeup, what it is to be feminine, masculine, and or both. We also answer your questions from Instagram. A big shout out and thank you to everyone who is a patron on Patreon. MXGina, follow me. (laughs) Your support means I get to continue making this podcast. It does cost to upload this content, so thank you for helping me out. I'm poor. Doing this podcast means I get to interview people from all over New Zealand, hopefully, and share their stories, talk about what it is to be queer, and just talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. And I think that's really important in this community to be able to talk about stuff. Well, I am joined by Keegan. Hi, Keegan. Hello. This is my friend. Yes, I do have friends. Amazing. (gasps) Did we meet on Instagram and then in real life? Um, I followed you on Instagram and you sent me a message saying, I've been waiting for this follow. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I followed you like a few years ago and then you didn't follow me back for like a while and then you did. Probably. I know. I'm really bad with following people back (laughs) because I get like flustered with people online because I'm like, I don't really want to like follow you back. And then I get like weird DMs from people that I don't. Mm. necessarily get what's happening and i'm like why what okay. you what you reaching out to yeah. me for well anyway you brought um some shiraz yes cheers quiz thank you i've never drunk in on a podcast before so this might get quite interesting i just didn't know what to bring i was like what do you bring to a podcast just bring yourself and you're then- the talent you're the guest mm-hmm. but um thanks for the red wine you're welcome so you run auckland drag on instagram that is a thing i do yes <laughs> what made you want to start doing that well i was sitting in uni one day and i kept getting really annoyed because i struggled to try and explain to people like who was in the drag community and I was like trying to show my friends and I was like it'd be really nice if this was all in one place so I can just Mm. kind of like there's certain people who just kind of get brushed under the rug don't get exposure and it was just kind of nice to try and pull that all onto one space kind of like a insta wiki of um yeah drag yeah right so that was it was mainly for you to share sort of sort of more unknown Auckland drag queens to yeah with your friends yeah I was looking at like drag events and stuff and it was a huge thing for me as well because I wanted to try and get myself to start going to more events and support the community more mm. um, rather than just be one of those you know like gay fanboys who's like I love drag race <laughs> drag <laughs> but you're not like going out and supporting <laughs> yeah, local actually. events yeah and what was the response to start with did you do you feel like the follower ratio is mainly drag or are there sort of other people like perhaps they go to your uni or people around New Zealand that are following the account well a huge part of it was when I when I did kind of create the whole thing and I started reposting people I got a lot a lot of love back from 
like people like Anita and Keita, like people who are yeah. quite big in the community, they were like, oh, this is like something that's just really positive. Obviously, when I followed a lot of the queens, I got a follow back. And then as I started posting more, I didn't really go and follow a lot of people I knew um, because I didn't necessarily know like whether they would actually have an interest in it. Um, so I followed the people that I knew would immediately like mm-hmm. care about the actual thing. And then um, it's just kind of like developed into um, there's a lot of young people following it, like people yeah. who can't go to drag shows yet. Okay, uh, like under 18. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, which was quite cool because there's a, there's a lot of kids around like 15, 16 who love drag race mm. and who just want to see what's going on, but they can't necessarily go to yeah. those events because yeah. most of them are, are, like have a bar and... Yeah, and that's a thing. And uh, I have actually seen recently, I think Wellington, they're starting to do a few like all ages drag shows. Well, Wellington had a, uh, they did a show in a school. They did a yeah. Wellington high school. They're so cool. Gosh, I can't imagine a drag show being in my school when I was uh, yeah, I know. in Fakatane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have uh, never happened. I went to like the most conservative all boys high school in Auckland, so I can't imagine that happening anytime soon either. Yeah, maybe not. Mm. If you didn't fit into like a certain box of masculinity or whatever that was, yeah. or you had some interests or you were slightly queer or anything like that, it wasn't really accepted to kind of... Like, you weren't really seen by the school. Mm. So I don't think that... Given, like, opportunities to shine. Yeah, exactly. So were you out in school? Yeah, I came out when I was 13. Far out. That's really young. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So you uh, came out in high school? Yeah, uh, year 10. Congratulations. Yeah. I didn't come out till I was 19. Wait. I'm not going to ask how old you I'm just trying to think. Well, it was that. 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, mine's <laughs> almost 10 years. Oh, wait, no, yeah. Seven. You're saying it was quite difficult to be queer or different in school. So you came out at 13. How were those years? Well, partially I came out to kind of stop being bullied because I was being wow. bullied because I ref- like I refused to admit anything or be um, like guys would push me around and be like, you're queer, like you're mm. this, this. And it was words being used to attack me. And I was taking that to heart because I was like, I am that, like, that's you, wrong. So you knew, you knew at that yeah. age. Well, I worked it out when I was 10, yeah, like nine or 10. Um, and it just kind of, I kind of came out being the stubborn person I am. I came out to kind of re-empower myself. And that's amazing to do at 13. Can I just say? Yeah, it was a... What star sign are you? Aquarius. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to stop because I had known for so long mm. and it was so clear to me and obviously a lot of people in my life. Um, I kind of just wanted to be myself and try and find out who that person was rather than try and suppress it and... I don't know, <laughs> not be who I actually was. Yeah. And then as soon as I took those words and I used them as, like, I guess an empowerment to myself, yeah, a lot of the bullying and stuff stopped. Cause really? they Because they, the upside to my high school is that there was, like, a no-violence policy if you, like, 
Mm. Started a fight, anything. Girl, like not fuckatane. Also, yeah, there yeah. was a scrap every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was just kind of like if you ended up in a fight with someone, yeah, you would get suspended or, or expelled. Like it was no wow. zero tolerance because that's incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, um, I, I got suspended in intermediate for um, smacking someone in the face Ooh. with my fist. Love that. <laughs> I <laughs> nearly got suspended. I got the threat of being suspended because I kicked someone in the chest yeah. and they oh, right. fell and whacked their head quite hard. Yeah, well, this person was in the hockey team that I was in and I was captain mm. and they were not happy that I was captain and were telling other people that they were a better player than me and this is intermediate. So similar to you, around 19, I was having feelings towards males, the same sex, but I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was probably, yeah, an intermediate, I remember getting bullied for being feminine and mm. retracted and started to hide and, you know, tried to act straight. And so here I was trying to be tough with the other guys and, you know, <laughs> went up to this guy and just went bam in his cheek, um, and, uh, jaw, sorry. Yeah. And um, he had to have some dental work done. So oh. I had a big punch on me my dad was proud um but my mum was like no and anyway I got suspended for like three days um Yikes. but like I remember I had a girlfriend in high school at 14 to 15 we mm-hmm. dated for like a year um and I did love her and everything and so it's interesting yeah that same time around 10 9 you're starting to go through puberty and sort of figure out what you're attracted to. You're asking questions about genitalia in your own mind and you're seeing things on maybe television or late night movies when your parents are asleep and you put the TV on. I I worked it out. This is going to horrify my dad. (laughs) Um, I worked it out watching American Pie with my dad. And yes. it was American Pie 2. And there's a scene with, like, the, they think these two girls are lesbians. And they're, yeah. they're trying to get them to do stuff. And then the guys were, like, kissing and stuff. And I was like, I kind of want to see more yes. of that. So your Instagram account, is it currently just limited to Auckland drag artists? Or have you posted any elsewhere? I attempted to... Like, I kind of want to start moving into the rest of the country. But every time I think about going to... Make a New Zealand drag account. Another one pops up. And someone else makes one? Yeah. I, I saw one a few months back. There was, yeah, a new one just popped up at the moment, actually. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, I want them to do well, because, like, yeah. I'd love that. But um, it's not necessarily always people who are, uh, are aware of what's happening in the community or, like, actually stay on top of mm. the, the things that are going on and people yeah. who are doing stuff, so... And I think you're, like, the perfect person to have done this because of the reasons why you started it mm. um, and that you actually do go out and attend these events. So, um, Well, I just started it because I'm just a fan of drag. Yeah. And I I don't really have, like, a set uh, kind of drag that I actually enjoy looking at. I like uh, it, things that are really weird. I like really polished, really beautiful glam drag as well. Um, I like more traditional, kind of very kind of poppy. And that kind of, I think, translates into Crystal Quartz. Yes. So your drag name is Crystal Quartz. Yes, it is. Where did that drag name come from and who is she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my original drag name was Clumsy Bish. I'm glad you changed it. So so (laughs) am I. 
Um, it was a good idea at the time because I was like, oh, I want a pun name, but then I could never yeah, really yeah, come yeah. up with a decent enough pun name because um, they're either always too complicated or they're just kind of or stupid. They've been used multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Crystal um, came from the first part of it was there's a cartoon called Steven Universe, which I absolutely adore because it's very like. Um, I, I'm, like, a huge, like, cartoon comic book nerd. That's, Ooh. like, what I do in my spare time. Um, and the protagonists in that show, their group's called the Crystal Gems. Yes. Um, so I was very... I loved that. And I was like, oh, I'll name myself after one of them. And then I was like, I don't really know who I want to pick. Mm. And then I was like, I don't want to be stuck with, it, like, uh, something... I didn't want to be stuck being one of these characters and being related to that. So I was like, I want kind of more of a broad thing. And then I was like, crystal. Yeah. And then I was like, well, one of my favorite stones is like crystallized quartz. Mm. And I was like, crystal quartz. And there's many different kind of quartz out there. And then Mm. crystal's kind of like like a grouped name of that show. Yeah, exactly. Characters. Yeah. And yeah. And what I liked about the name was that it gives me so much, ability to do range because i Mm. can do things like i can be spooky or i can do um because there's a kind of the whole divination and um, yeah which aspect and then i can do kind of cutesy cartoony um dragon that's fun and then it also just sounds like a better superhero name yeah i'm like it's it's got a nice like ring to it i quite like crystal quartz yeah do you sparkle (laughs) <laughs> do you charge yourself in the moonlight <laughs> yeah, just um lie out on my lawn <laughs> yes <laughs> moon bathing that is a vibe that yeah. is a vibe your makeup has been getting really good at kind of for went... a for a short amount of time well i used to wear makeup in high school yeah which was very risky at an all-boys school mm. it kind of started off as me wearing baby cream and then my mom was very because I've always been interested in the whole, like, glam. I, like, yeah. my favorite program for ages was, like, Project Runway or, like, um, America's Next Top Model. Like, I've always loved that kind of scene, I yeah. guess, and um, beauty. And so it started with me just kind of, like, fixing little imperfections, like, just the dark, un- yeah. dark circles from staying up to, like, 3 a.m., and then waking up at like six. Mm-hmm. Um, I was similar to that. I first started wearing um, liquid foundation at 15 for acne scars. Yeah. Uh, well, for acne at the time. <laughs> yeah. um, and then just over the years, more and more and more, by the time I was, <clears throat> I'd say like 22, 23, pretty much it was almost a full face by that stage because mm. of acne scarring. Um, that was my main reasons for wearing it, to mm. be honest. Well, I, I also wanted to, because um, I had quite a round face as a kid. Um, and I kind of wanted to have a bit more of like the, a jaw. Did you um, go into contour? Yeah. Oh. I learned how to contour. Thank you, YouTube. Mm. Um, and then that just kind of moved on to like, I started watching obviously Drag Race and started seeing the whole kind of male, cause I grew as the kind of male glam thing developed. So, yeah. So, like, a lot of big people on YouTube, like, when James Charles, or, I mean, I was started before then, but, like, Jeffrey. Jeffrey and- Star, like, I remember following him on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, um, <clears throat> Matt, who, yeah, Manny was there at the time, and mm. when I was, like, 16, 17. What about Adam Lambert? Was there an influence oh, there when you were in Adam high school? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was that sort of new age David Bowie, just real glam rock. Yeah. Like, oh, I loved 
oh, I love, <laughs> still do, um, Adam Lambert. Mm. And I just kind of liked how that they were, like, people like Adam Lambert, I love how, like, fierce he is, but he's just himself. And yeah. it's, I just loved that. Yeah. So I, I moved into starting to do makeup and stuff. And I used to kind of, it would be at, like, 2 a.m. and me sitting in my desk doing that using their really really old eyeshadows my mom had given me that <laughs> yeah. 20 million years ago a lot of my first makeup was from my mum, and yeah it didn't really do much yeah but, um well, and... i'm gonna say is chalky <laughs> chalky <laughs> chalky oh. i'm like how do i would be watching these things and they'll be using like anastasia beverly hills <laughs> and i'm like come on and we don't Maybelline. get that in new zealand no oh my god like i remember when i was like i would have been like 17 18 through a couple more years as well mm. Um, I used to put on Thin Lizzy, like, oh, girl. Well, I used to use no, the... Th- no, ma'am. I used to use the Thin Lizzy bronzer as, yes. a, as a contour. I used to just put that all over my face thinking that's how that makeup works. That is work. not an all... I was very orange. Um, to anyone who's <laughs> listening, Thin Lizzy is not a foundation, unless you are the exact I think tone. they've broken out into... They've got their own... More foundations now, but, but yeah, but their they, bronzer back in the day, because the adverts were like... It's a all in one. one. Put it all yeah. over your face. You can use it as a bronzer, as a blush, as a lip. Th- I'm just like, okay, I'll just put it everywhere. But like, I think it in it, it has a shimmer my as acne well. scarring. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it probably did without me. Like I'll say, you just put it here. No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> she was not the one. No. Yeah. Well, because then Lizzie is a shimmery as well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's so, like glitter in it. What is it doing? Oh, it's, no, it's not cutting or popping. It's doing it at the same time. Yeah. And so when you started doing makeup and stuff, were you going for a feminine look? No. No. Never. Yeah. Uh, well, there was, when I was trying to do drag makeup, there was that. That's when I'm trying to be a woman. Mm. But the thing that, um, really interested me was just like, I love color and I love playing with color mm. and I loved how, um, how I could use makeup and it could make my eyes look bigger and I could just have that kind of element to kind of push like my creativity further through something that was like on my face. Yeah. And cause I just, I find my face boring. Like that's just my opinion on my face, but um, it's cute. Blank, yay. Um, blank canvas. Yeah. 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 I don't think blank canvas is a good <laughs> yeah, I, like, I was like, it was very passive aggressive, like but we'll go with it. Um, and then it kind of developed into me trying to push that like further and further and further. And then pe- when people like James Charles and stuff started becoming really, really big, mm. and that became normalized in a way. I yep. mean, it's not mainstream, but yep. it's like, Oh, I mean, James Charles is mainstream, but men wearing makeup is still not mainstream. Yeah, I think over the, I'd say like the, you know, from five years ago onwards, there was there was a shift where males in makeup, it was becoming more accepted to wear makeup and mm. still be male and it not be, you're wanting to be a woman. Yeah. Whereas like, I remember 10 years ago when I was watching YouTube and starting out on YouTube for the first time, you had like Jeffree Star or Chris Crocker mm. and both of those people just, you know, were cyber bullied and the amount of hate, you know, sort of yeah. directed at them by you're meant to be a male, you know, why are you putting makeup on? And there was this big thing about it. 
And over the, yeah, the last few years, it's really become, yeah, really acceptable to still be male identifying and wear makeup. Mm. And that's amazing. Even last year, like, I didn't really start wearing makeup properly, like, going out wearing mm, makeup. I yeah, would never yeah, yeah. leave the house yeah. with anything more than, like, a thin layer of foundation and something on my cheeks. Mm. Um, and it wasn't till Aquaria came last year that I actually left the house for the first time. Oh, wow. Which was, like, mid-2018. mid, mid 2018. Yeah. And why was that? What made you leave It was the house? actually um, Zach... Yeah. Um, kind of was really encouraging of it. And then Mr. I was Zach just... Delare, if anyone's wondering yes. who doesn't know that name. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was just kind of like, nah, yeah, I'm going to, like, I'm going to do it. Um, whatever. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Yeah, and then I left. Uh, I just got really addicted to it. Mm. And then it became a, something I would do every time I went out, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, every week. Woo. I remember those days. Oh. I love being young. <laughs> Not yeah, enjoy this. it. <laughs> it, gets, it gets horrible. Like 24, 25, those, those hangovers start to really get you. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. Well, the oh, only thing shit. that gives me a hangover is red wine, which is making me reconsider yeah. drinking this right now. I mean, we are having half a bottle each. And one glass. And one glass. These glasses are massive. <laughs> so on the note of things like that, may I ask you, because I did notice um, a few weeks back you posted a series of stories on Instagram about what it is to be feminine or your views on being male and feminine. I guess it's... Well, for me, it was more looking at redefining what necessarily masculinity is. Because yep. I got... Um, I got attacked by someone who I went to high school with on Instagram and um, he kind of went off at me and was kind of like, I don't think that wearing makeup's like normal, like mm. you're really weird. I think that's gross. And um, like Were no you one friends wants... with this person in high school? Or Not you... particularly. No. I knew them quite well, but I wasn't like a really cool. Like, they weren't a close friend or right. anything. Like, it wasn't a big loss to me mm. when, obviously, that friendship has now yeah. ended. Yeah. But it was just someone that was there, and then they just decided one day to spill their whole opinion about the, that particular thing. And, obviously, there's been kind of people in my life who have made comments about it, um, how they feel that it's not necessarily something that I should be doing. And I always ask them, why like why and they're like oh I, it's just something that guys don't do hmm. and i my argument to that is makeup has always been aimed at women yeah. but makeup was originally worn by men oh firstly. yeah yeah you um, go back you know thousands of years yeah same with heels everyone mm. um and i don't see why it is something that men should feel ashamed to use or it's necessarily like makeup's a tool it's mm -hmm. it's something that people can use to make themselves feel more comfortable in their own skin um whether that's covering up a blemish uh whether that is glamming up for a night just to feel yeah. pretty and i we all do it people, i wasn't feeling you know? comfortable you know wearing uh walking out of the house looking like i hadn't slept because i hadn't <laughs> um i it I'm wasn't through bb cream <laughs> yeah exactly everything in my life served with a tinted moisturizer mm. um and 
things like skincare and stuff, my mum was so adamant that I would be really careful with my skin and take really good care of my skin. So that just kind of developed into a different thing. And the a huge thing that I struggle with is that um, as soon as you do something like you wear makeup, you get put in this box of being feminine. And I don't at all have uh, any problems with uh, effeminate people. Yeah. Because, um, uh, like, a lot of the people in my life are really effeminate. Um, and I, uh, there is a huge side of me that is quite effeminate, but I don't necessarily think there is a black and white to what is masculine, what is feminine. Yeah. Um, and that's what, like, gender is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of your self-representation as a spectrum as well. And I don't necessarily think that I am, like, I don't think I'm effeminate or I don't think I'm the most masculine. I'm, like, somewhere in yeah. the middle. And it depends what day of the week it is, <laughs> yeah, what yeah, day I am. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's 100% okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess part of me has a problem with people who use femininity as a negative thing and yeah. it is a huge thing that happens in the gay community still is and yes that with the whole mask for mask you know exactly. no fems um is that something that will change well i don't know i feel like it is slowly because mm. i think something that's quite funny about me that i've noticed just from other people when i don't have makeup on um, I, I feel like I'm, I guess, more attractive to guys in the, in the gay community because yeah. I'm like, that's what they want to see. Yeah. But I've actually gotten, sorry, mum, more action, <laughs> <laughs> um, from, uh, when I've gone out just being, cause when I feel confident, I mm. think that was also a huge thing is I feel more confident when I have makeup on cause I, I'm like, fuck, I already look like this. I look stunning. I look yeah, amazing. Yeah, And I'm living my uh, best life. And that makes me not, I don't feel insecure make, wearing makeup. Like, I, I'm quite happy to get an Uber now with, like, a full face on and not mm, feel judged by the Uber driver. That's amazing. But that's also taken a lot of self-development it's, it, as well. A, yeah, a very long thing. Like, I remember when I first started doing drag, uh, I think, I think I was 24, going on 25. Um... My first time, like, hopping into Uber and drag was just, like, so scary. Well, I did that. That was... That experience for me was last week. Last Friday. First time in drag in an Uber? In an Uber, yeah. And that was, like, I was... I wanted to invite people over to my house to get ready with me. So I, like, didn't have to go in the Uber by myself. But then when that kind of fell through, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this then. (laughs) I very rarely have in my life, and I'm um, I'm very lucky... In this way, I've had very few terribly, like, homophobic, horrible experiences in my life, which I think is a really, really amazing thing. Yeah. Because it means that it is happening less and less. Yeah. And that the world is becoming more accepting, which is really nice. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think we're, like, almost 10 years apart, and you've started a lot of things earlier than I have, and Mm. you're more braver than I was at your age Mm. and i hope that that is a thing that the world is changing i think that's what separates you from certain gay males in this community where you're aware 
of the privilege you have that you haven't had a lot of homophobia in your life? I, I think a huge part of that is that, like, I look at the past and I look at there's so many worse experiences. I look back on my, at the time, mm. a lot of those experiences that I did have, they were really hard. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, I've had a really, like, I've two really accepting parents. I've, mm. like, I've no one walked away from my life besides the odd person because I was queer. That's, yeah, something that does separate you and I'm on the same wavelength as well where uh, being trans, like, I haven't experienced transphobia. Which is incredible. On the streets, in the workplace. I've been lucky. You've mentioned that you've been lucky because mm. you haven't had as bad of an experience as some other people have. And I think that's what makes us empaths because mm. we are aware of that and we don't play victim to things that have happened in our life. Yeah. Because we know that there are others out there that have and we need to look after them in our community. Yeah. Again, I just I want to thank you for 20 years old. Mm-hmm. You're very public with wearing makeup, posting things online. And as you said, there's people younger in their teens that are following these accounts that are seeing this. It'll be helping them, whether you know it or not, or whether it's even just one person or more than one. And I did get this. I was doing like a Q&A thing on my story one day and I got this one kid message me and he mm-hmm. was like, you gave me some advice when this was when he was like 14. This is two years later. Um, you gave me some advice about this specific thing. Um, and I now feel like, like I've made those changes in my life and I've done those things and I've come out and now I have a boyfriend and now I'm mm. really happy. And I was like, this, like, it just made me really, really. Yeah. It's so rewarding when things like that happen. It just goes to show like, us little people who aren't maybe celebrities that we can influence people. Yeah. I think back to, yeah, when I was your age, I was making very queer flamboyant music on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Um, and I was just doing it to do it. Mm. I wasn't thinking about the backlash or what would happen after it's posted or things like that. Yeah. And I, yeah, as I said, I, I received a lot of hate from within the community for being yeah. too feminine, for wearing silly things, et cetera, I've, I've et cetera. More, <laughs> I've gotten more hate from within the community than yeah. I have from yeah. outside of it. And as someone who has suffered from depression every now and again, mm-hmm. it comes and goes. I remember in my early 20s just being like, why am I doing this? Like, maybe I should start, maybe I should... You know, I hid my femininity. Femininity. I can never mm. blah, 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 say these big words. And I hid that in high school because I got myself a girlfriend. I was dressing in hoodies and skater jeans yeah. and whatnot and trying to act a certain way, blah, blah, blah. By the time I was 18 and I came out at 19 on YouTube because of watching people like Chris Crocker and Jeffree Star and just mm. people being like so extra in yeah. themselves <laughs> that it inspired me to be like, so extra mm. but then when i was receiving hate from even within the new zealand queer community once they discovered my videos because originally it was just overseas people that saw my stuff yeah then once it hit auckland the auckland gay scene i started to think oh shit that's not me because 
I'm I'm not right. And mm. I started to go through that. Like it was like cyberbullying this time, not bullying from high school, but it was like I was going in the same mindset. Mm. I managed to push on through, just through like my early twenties to mid twenties. Because I was asking, why am I doing this? Maybe I shouldn't do YouTube or make videos or mm. sing or produce music. But I was doing it for a reason because I love music. I love writing lyrics. That was my way of getting my stories out. So I managed to hold on and do what I loved doing over people telling me that I shouldn't. Yeah. And throughout those years, I've had so many messages from people around New Zealand thanking me for for helping them come out. Mm, I just had, being yourself. Yeah, yeah, and like I think back at the time I was like, oh no, I'm not I'm not me. I'm being too much. I'm not being a normal cis white gay. Yeah. You know? Like I I was a bit too much. One thing recently my sister at a party in Rotorua, she got approached by a trans woman who was talking about being trans and these kind of things. Um, and my sister said, oh, I've got a sister. She's trans as well. Her name's Gina. And this trans woman said, oh my God, I followed them on YouTube from years ago. She helped me realize I'm trans, you know? And I was, I was just like, that's just one person. And going all those years of like doubting myself and almost giving up, Mm. not just on music, but giving up on my life. Um, definitely makes it worthwhile that I help change one person. Yeah. There could be 99 people <laughs> in the room. And I am the one person. Yeah. I think we should move on to questions mm-hmm. from Instagram. I love that. Reading. Siobhan Ablalala asks. <laughs> exactly. Oh, she's got two questions. She's being fucking. Greedy. Bitch. Yeah. Greedy. Do you think it's fair to say that feature accounts mm-hmm. benefit from others' work more than the artists benefit from the exposure? I'm um, guessing she means people that repost other people's content? Yes. I don't necessarily believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a huge thing is I don't get paid for anything I do. Yep. Like, if I, if I repost things it's or if i do stuff it's because it's something that i've like i've seen it i've appreciated it i think it's good as much as auckland drag is um i try and be very open and it's still my opinion and it's still like things that only posted me once yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) sips wine yeah yeah. (laughs) no i i don't i don't think I've gotten some cool opportunities and I think there are, I've, I know that there is other accounts, other things out there that like have got, they get cool opportunities from those things, mm. but we're not there to exploit the art. Yeah. I didn't do it as something to try and benefit from it. I got, I got to start writing for express because I was, had an interest in it and they were looking for another column. Like yeah. they were looking for something interesting, something weird, something different. I knew, happened to know people and they gave me that opportunity and that was really cool. I don't feel like those accounts exploit people's art because it gives them opportunity as well because all, all it takes is for the person liking that post to press the at at the bottom of the 
post. Yeah, exactly. And I think everyone that does do those kinds of accounts gives credit where credit is due. Siobhan's other question is thoughts slash feelings about the development of drag journalism mm. and dramas and likes over AKA channels like Jake Yonce. Well, I feel like that's kind of two questions. Like mm. I kind of see that as being two questions. There's kind of drag journalism. I feel is a, obviously it's a growing thing. It's not a huge popular thing, but it is, Within any niche, within any kind of area of pop culture, there's always going to be people commenting on it. Yep. Um, and there's people going to be promoting things or telling stories. Because that's, that's what journalism is, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, in some way. <laughs> there is a kind of looking at the drama side of it that is... I feel exploiting the drag community in a way. Mm. But that's just always going to happen with things like a lot of drag drama is based off the fact that things like drag race exist and drag race is a reality tv show yeah whenever there is these huge huge characters because these people have crazy personalities they're hugely opinionated people who are gonna speak out and they're not afraid to speak up when someone upsets them or someone pisses them off i think what those kind of channels and stuff like drama channels have all grown from the fact that people love to know what drama is. Yeah. People love to know what's happening. People mm. love to know who hates each other. And they like putting their own two cents on that. Yeah. And I think that's always in any kind of... I mean, that's just politics. It's just... It, yeah, it's not even... <laughs> it, it's moving over into drag because drag is becoming a larger thing. Yeah. Um, so, it's just like any other website that posts breaking news about someone and someone. Exactly. You know, it's, I just, don't, it's just inevitable I that it becomes more popular in the drag culture as well. Yeah. Next question is from Juliet Stewart. Hello. Hey, Juliet. What do you think are the pros and cons of drag slash doing drag in a city relatively small and a tight knit community, I guess, like, Auckland or Wellington yeah. compared to larger places around the world like London or cities in the USA? I feel like there's kind of two, obviously everyone's experience of that will be different. Personally, from what I've seen, I can't really say from like a big city because I've never lived in, yeah, it's hard neither. to say because yeah. I've never really been in that environment. I'd like to say short and sweet, the pros are you being a tight-knit community, you get to meet a lot of people very quickly. Absolutely. And then also the con is you get to meet a lot of people very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's that's kind really of like a, both. It's you know? kind of like you get so many opportunities and then the con is that you get lots of opportunities. It's kind of yeah. like there's so many different ups yeah. and downs to it that it's not... Because like I've made a lot of sisters in drag mm. and then also made a lot of people that I don't feel like I get along with in yeah, exactly. drag. Exactly. So I think and it's pe- just a bit people, of both. People have opinions. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm going to say, whether it's a small or big group of people. Next question is from Jared Williamson, which is kind of similar in a way. Uh, what are the pros and cons of drag as an art with RuPaul's Drag Race moving into mainstream media? I feel like it's becoming more accepted as an art form rather than yes. just being something that people do at 2am. That's. I agree that yeah, drag artists are being respected as... Artists. artists, yeah, not Rather, just a drag artist, they're an artist, artists. yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's people like if you look at she 
had a number one selling album. Mm. Yeah. Like exactly. And she's made the best of her opportunities. Yeah. But that has come it's become more normalized yeah. as a as a platform of art rather than being just entertainment, I guess. Mm. What about cons? I think as something becomes more mainstream, the kind of nuances leave in some ways of the the intimacy of it just being like yeah. an LGBT thing just, as well. Just for us queer peeps. Yeah. Yeah. And last from McKenna Jacobson. Best, My baby. <laughs> best thing about the LGBT slash drag community. Well, I actually know, I'm just going to say that there is, it's so nice to have such a loving, supportive group of people, whether that is because they're relating because they're LGBT or they're relating because yep. they love drag. Like, I love that people can come from all walks of life to one place and then just appreciate being together and having something to talk about and having mm. something to be vocal for. And that makes me really happy. That's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite similar. I think the best thing about it is once you know someone is either queer or does, or when you meet someone out on drag for the first time, there's an instant relatability. Yeah. As someone who's queer, you've gone through something different that is against the grain growing mm. up. And as soon as you meet someone who you know has that similar thing to you, it's like... Or an appreciation for it. Yeah. It's like the you've already... The ice is broken. Yeah, absolutely. That first, like, oh, we get it. Like, hi, nice to meet you. Uh, oh, okay, you're queer. You, oh, you do drag. Okay, cool. We've both kind of gone through something in our lives. Yeah. That's the first step. What else are you about? Yeah. Rather than the generic you meet someone and it's just like oh hi what so what what what's your career what do you do i try to explain you know? being queer to straight people is like it's when you meet someone at a soccer game mm-hmm. and you've both gone to support like or like a rugby game you've like gone to support your team and there's that instant you have something in common yeah it's like oh yeah. you also love the all blacks love that Let's chat. Love the All Blacks. Bring yeah. on 2019 World Cup in Japan. Yeah. Bring it back, boys. Third <laughs> time in a row. Yeah. Butch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's been very nice. Tinky tinky. Thank Cheers, you. queers. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.